Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey, it's Tiki Central Canada, and I'm Craig Stevens. I'm your, your host for today, and also I have a co-host, Mark, for today. Hi, everyone. How are we doing? Sweet. So we're actually doing some special episodes for the Made With Love competition here in Ottawa. It's on April 1st, actually, at the Hunger Culture Building at the TD Place. That's going to be on a Monday, and it's from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., and so what we're doing is we're actually interviewing the competitors that are actually going to be at the event today. And so the one we got today right now, the special guest we have is Drake. And how are we doing, Drake? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, He's thanks. got his beer in hand. He's all ready to go. <laughs> and so just tell us a little bit about you and where you work. Yeah. Uh, my name is Drake Ross Evans. Uh, I'm a bartender at El Camino uh, in the Byward Market. That's on Clarence Street. And uh, there's two locations, but I'm working at the uh, the second location. Cool. So where's the other location? Just kind of curious. The other location is uh, pretty much at the corner of uh, Gladstone and Elgin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Nice, nice. So uh, is that also part of the, uh, I hate to say it, the construction site right now we got going on? Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, but you can still find parking uh, like on Gladstone a little bit further. And they just opened up. So there's traffic going around right in front of the restaurant. Cool, cool. Yeah, because we actually have a couple locations we've been interviewing that are on the Elgin location. And we're telling them, like, yes, even with all the construction going on, they're still open. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, there's yeah. still quite a bit of traffic. I think, in, especially in the Elgin location, there's a lot of people that know when they go there regularly. Oh, cool. Um, Very cool. So they, they'll, they'll trek through anything to get some uh, tacos or, uh, or burgers, <laughs> whatever, whatever they want. Got to have those tacos. Yeah. Here we go. Cool, cool. So this is actually your third time at the, the competition, correct? That is correct. Yeah, it's my third, uh, third year. So awesome. So uh, from the competition you've done so far, so do you find it more fun-based? Like, do you find it more fun and entertaining, or do you find it more of a pressure because of the competition itself? Well, that's a good question, because it, it's definitely, my opinion on it has changed in the last I'm three sure years. I'm sure over the years. <laughs> the first you did it, you must be like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. It was the, well, yeah, the first year I did it was my, uh, um, it was the first year I was in Ottawa, so it was the first oh, time for okay, everybody wow. to be a part of this competition. Right, uh, right. It was also my first competition as well. So you get um, a little nervous on that one as well. Well, yeah, and I went. Uh, so we were all there at five o'clock to to get you know the lowdown of how things work, and then they went like two by two, uh, and I'm waiting to go as as you do, yeah. and I ended up going last at eleven forty oh, no. at night. So so the pressure's building and building, and you're probably like, okay, I don't know what I'm gonna get in, <laughs> and uh, what's left. Uh, we actually it wasn't a black box challenge. We had a week to make a cocktail. Oh, okay. So back yeah. then it wasn't a black box challenge. Wasn't a black box challenge for us for the first time. Uh, I did, however, go in with the wrong tequila. That was enough. Oh no! <laughs> it was eighteen hundred tequila. I had no, I didn't know anything about tequila at the time. Right. And when I walked into the LCBO, there eighteen hundred tequila was, but it was the Hipposado. It was the aged tequila, oh, okay, and when I year. came in, it was and the silver. Silver, like, yeah, yeah. I guess this is what I have to do. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, I didn't place, but yeah. uh, I was so also. So the, the next year, when it came the black box process, how yeah. did that work for you? Uh, it was a little different because again, it was my first time doing a black box challenge. Okay. Uh, I did get tequila and grapefruit though. Oh, there so you that go. Was, I like. Oh, there I you know go. what this is about. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I made a good drink. I used like different ingredients, like some cilantro in there, uh, some spices as well. And it's nice. actually a drink that I have in my repertoire today. I've refined it nice. and uh, contacted one of the judges be like, why, why didn't I place? Like, what, what yeah, could I have done better? Yeah. And so it was a good learning experience for me to yeah, try to get better and get yeah. some feedback. And I think that's one of the things that the competition, I've talked to all these bartenders, is that they go into it and they've got their skills and they've got their techniques and stuff. But then also, too, they come out of the, the competition and out of the event itself, actually more well-rounded, learning new techniques from different bartenders they didn't think about or maybe some... You know, sort of, oh, well, I combine that ingredient with that ingredient. Oh, I never thought of that. And that's amazing. It puts the pressure on you, too, to learn new skills as well, yeah. uh, especially afterwards. Like, I've, I, last three times I've gone in with my own knowledge and then come back out yeah. of uh, wanting to learn something completely new. And now it's in my, my so skills. So how are you feeling about this year? Obviously, this is your third year. Obviously, you're probably feeling a little more laid back now and feeling a little more easy about it, right? Definitely. This year was a bit of a, I'm going to do it because I've done it the last two years uh, and just have, have a lot of fun with it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And it, it fared well for me as well when I was just, okay, I got Campari, not my favorite spirit, but going to do something with it. And, no, uh, we just told you this is a jungle bird. That's a, there you go. There's a this tiki is drink true. right there. Yeah, yeah, I've actually grown to love uh, Campari right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I really have. After that, I was like, okay, like it's such a strong, powerful um Spirit, spirit yeah. that um, you don't have to use too much for it to just oh no a, a yeah, real yeah. Um, a little goes a long way yeah it's like a bitters you, you know three four dashes you're good to go it just adds a lot more complexity to oh for thing. sure yeah exactly what was your road to um, bartending wise to get to where you are now uh, uh, that's a good question I um, I started out in the kitchen actually at 13 years old so all oh, I've really okay. known is the restaurant industry so I cooked for uh, for 10 years various different restaurants. I started at the Luskville Dragway, Drag Raceway, making no burgers way. and fries, and then running out to the track, throwing water down, going back. So I was smoked out and greased out. Oh my <laughs> for the God. Into my preteens. Yeah, acne was a big thing. <laughs> I gotta say, that's probably one of the most original, like, working way up in this industry I've ever heard before. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I started. But it was good at the time. I was making $10 an hour cash. Like, they were just yeah. uh, 13 years old. What am I gonna oh, do yeah. with that money Hello. for? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I worked Amazing. the weekends. Amazing. Biked over. I didn't live too far. Wow. Um, so then where'd you go from there? Uh, from there, I worked uh, I worked at Booster Juice to learn about, uh, kind of, I guess, a little bit more about people skills. It was the one in the Rito Center. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of strange people. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to deal with a lot it's of Rito weirdos. Um, yeah. You know, again, I was 15, so it was a little, again, more challenging. So now let me interject. Now, from yeah. Booster Juice, because if people don't know what Booster Juice is, Booster Juice is like this kind of place where they actually mix a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables kind of together. <laughs> And some also some other stuff like some boosters, like energy boosters and whatever. But I mean, from that, you must have learned somewhat a little bit of mixology. Be like, okay, well, kiwi works well with strawberry and whatever, like in some ways, right? I did have a like a uh, an act for for flavors going together. I didn't yes. realize what I was going to be a bartender at the time, though. I didn't realize that that was kind of going to help. I could make out. smoothies at home now. You know, that was yeah. the kind of the skill that I I learned and how loud blenders are. I had no <laughs> idea how loud <laughs> blenders were until you're oh running four God. at the same time. And so from where did you go from there? Oh, geez. Uh, from there, uh, I'm trying, trying to remember here. Uh, a couple, couple yeah, a couple <laughs> of little restaurants. Uh, the big mixed step was when I was 18, I actually uh, flew out west uh, to live with my uncle for a little bit, and we started a, a food truck together. We oh, opened wow, up a Thai okay. food, uh, food truck. He had the curries. He'd been to Thailand a couple of times, so he, uh, he was selling these curries in the market, and, but he wanted to make some food. So he grabbed 
my my skill set in cooking. Oh, He's like, let's awesome. let's open a food truck. So I was, yeah, let's do it. So I did that for uh, about seven months. We yep. did really well, and then we opened up a restaurant like right after. Yeah. And then it was time for me to travel because I was eighteen, and I was like, okay, like this is fun, but uh, not really <laughs> uh, explore into the it. world. <laughs> yeah. Coming back to it a couple years later, I was cook at Izakaya, which is now the Waverly uh, okay, in cool. Ottawa on Elgin Street. Yep. When it was changing into the Waverly, I became the kitchen manager at Moscow Tea Room. Okay, yeah, um, Moscow Tea Room is actually just down the street from us here. Yeah, uh, doing pierogies and borscht, little Russian dishes. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, and then it was, uh, I was getting tired of it. As soon as I'd reached a kind of a manager role in, yeah. in the kitchen, I was like, this is maybe, I don't think, for as me. As far as you're going to go with it, right? Yeah, and so I went to uh, Warehouse when it first opened up as well. Oh, so I okay. helped open up Warehouse. doing. I wanted a kind of a 9-to-5 job. I thought, you know, yeah, 23 or 22, I should kind of hammer down a good schedule, start my life, but uh, <laughs> I was just kind of a... It, it, happens, it, it happens later in life. I can tell you yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I realized that too, and it wasn't for me. So after after warehouse, you know, um, 22 years old, and I didn't want to cook anymore. That was the final yeah. final job. There you go. Maybe, maybe I'll try my hands at bartending, and I uh, started nice. bussing tables at uh, Side Door, Side Door Contemporary Kitchen. Wow. And that was so where I started my front of house, so from managing a kitchen to you know having a you know this 19 year old support staff, yeah, yeah. you know, just telling me go get that bus bin. I'm like. No problem. Okay, yeah, you got, got it. it. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying something new here. That's awesome. Wow. That brought me into the bartending world at Side Door uh, Contemporary Kitchen, and yeah. then I uh, worked at uh, El Camino. Uh, oh, a couple, wow. I guess a, two years after. So what's your signature cocktail there? So what's the, the, the favorite, favorite drink you're going to say of the El Camino? Uh, favorite drink of the El Camino? Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite would be uh, the Three Amigos. Uh, oh, okay. Three Amigos number two. It's a stiff drink with uh, a bourbon... Little Calvados, and, um, which is a brandy, and green chartreuse, which is my favorite liqueur, uh, nice, green chartreuse. Nice. nice herbal, high percentage, little sweet spice thing going on. Wow, yeah. nice. So what drinks do you have when you're not working? Like, what's your, your go-to drink when, you go, when you're not working? Oh, that's a good I know, but it can be pretty vague, depending on your mode, right? But I mean, It's true. I, I, uh, well, I actually was just at the Moon Room. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Moon Room because it was a fantastic experience. Oh, uh, I have to go check that's it out. on uh, it's on Preston Street. It's very cozy. Got this little like um, fort, kind of like a blanket fort kind of vibe. Oh, nice! Say. Awesome, um, I have to check it out. Great cocktails, and I started my night off with a uh, amaretto sour. I really do like sours with the egg whites. In ah, there. see, there you go. Okay, yeah. so you know, I make sours, so I make pisco sours and amaretto sours at my house. And as soon as I tell my guests to have egg whites in there, they get all quizzy, and I'm yeah. like. No, you don't. You don't understand. First of all, it's pasteurized, it's refrigerated, it's safe, and I'm telling you, it adds so much to the drink. I don't know. I feel like that was like an early, like a late '90s thing to like get salmonella from from yeah. raw eggs, Can't right? Get it like from don't eat don't eat the raw cookie batter because you'll get salmonella. Yeah, uh, which came off the shell, not the inside of the egg. Yeah, right. Um, so I think it's a fear that no one needs to really worry about anymore. It was a very fearful time. <laughs> yeah, he can vouch for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, well, that was right up there. Okay. I remember, uh, and you're probably too young, but they used to have the, uh, and no, actually, I think they still have it, the Allen's apple juice, remember? Okay. So you get this gigantic can, and then my mom would actually just like puncture two holes in the top to, to pour, but then she put it back in the fridge, and we didn't know back then about tin poisoning. And so then, like, a couple of days would go by, and I'd have a thing of apple juice, and I'm like, man, it tastes like really tinny, like, like... There's something off about it. And then realize, like, later on, actually, when I started getting into the restaurant business, working in the restaurant business, oh, there's such thing as tin poisoning. Oh, crap. I've been why he was doing tin poison the entire time. 
That's our age bracket, exactly. Well, I yeah. wasn't doing the can. I got Welchers, though. Welchers grape juice. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. If you open it up, you got to put it in something else right away, because if not, then you get tin poisoning from it, right? It's crazy. So where do you see cocktails going? So now this is your third year doing the competition. Where do you see cocktails going? Because, I mean, the competition itself kind of brings uh, an eye-opener to a lot of people in the local businesses or people that are not even in the industry itself. So where do you see cocktails going in the Ottawa region compared to, say, other regions? Where cocktails are going, definitely there's a big, been a big increase uh, of restaurants doing cocktails and doing their own fresh juices. And I'm thinking I'm seeing that, fresh yes. co- cocktails, uh, Adding fresh ingredients to their cocktails. Yeah. Um, I think Made With Love had a big help in doing that three years ago. I mean, yeah. it was taking off a little bit, uh, but then having certain competitions, which I don't think Ottawa had anything really before that. There no. have been other competitions that have certainly sparked up after, yeah. uh, but that just gets the, the juices flowing and the pressure on to these talented people we have here in Ottawa yeah. to, to try new things and to get outside of their comfort zone. Exactly. And I think what it is, too, is from the competitions that other bartenders meet other bartenders, and then there's also this like tight network of people like, oh, I know him from Eatery, I know him from Common... Uh, you know, from El, El Camino, or I know him from Waverly. So it's almost like, like today I did some interviews and like, oh yeah, I know him, him, and him. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows everyone, right? All of a sudden, you know? That seems like Ottawa, though, itself, right? It's, yeah. it's a small, it's a big, small city. Yeah, exactly. Big so, enough, but small that everyone knows everyone, right? Everyone can know, yeah, know exactly, everybody. Exactly, yeah, for sure. I, I think more speakeasies uh, is what's going to kind of happen in uh, in Ottawa. We need one. There's one, apparently. There's, uh, yeah, there's one, one under in... Union. Yes. Uh, it's just called Speakeasy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's all the information bookshelf. I have. You it. go in there and there's a bookshelf you go through to get into the Speakeasy. Right. And I think that's what I mean. Like, I see in a lot of, like, the big cities, like New York, Toronto, Montreal, the Speakeasy is becoming more and more back. Because Speakeasies actually came from the Prohibition time. And so now they're coming back. Yeah, I like I like that whole idea. Even like classic cocktails as well, old fashions, Manhattan's, exactly. something like the Toronto, right? Like Amaro heavy. Uh, Toronto is a Amaro. Uh, sorry, Fernet Branca and uh, and whiskey uh, or bourbon, which I love. That's another one of my favorite cocktails too. Yeah. Classics so more, are definitely yeah, coming back. Yeah, more herbal, more booze-forward drinks uh, are are having a comeback. And speakeasies, I think, are the perfect place to kind of do those stirred drinks. Or nice. like for or a themed uh, speakeasy as well, right? Like yeah. Is it in Toronto? If I'm not mistaken, there's like a full-on Harry Potter themed bar oh, that you go okay, down cool. into this basement, and they've got like cauldrons, and they've got like butter beer. Um, wow. You know, like it, nice. it's a bit of a niche thing, but yeah. something that so many people love and have like a very oh, strong sure cultural fit following. They right? got a fan base for that for sure. Yeah, I guess. something like that, like a Lord of the Rings bar or something. I don't know. Or <laughs> like a, t- a Star Wars tiki bar. You go in there as an ogre. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Bring your lightsaber with you. There you go. <laughs> no, that's what you cut. That's what you cut your steak with. The exactly. lightsaber, right? <laughs> so you left the kitchen a while ago or did you design the food for your uh, competition this week? Uh, I, I did have a hand in it uh, for sure. Uh, but I did get the uh, the sous chef uh, at the uh, Clarence location, uh, yes. Alex Barrett. He's uh, he's become a good close friend of mine. And when I knew I was in the second round, he was the guy that I wanted to uh, to talk to. to to talk to and oh, to yeah. bring um, bring forward, right? Bring forward, right? I've been out of the kitchen for for a couple years now, so he's just been more in it and um, able to kind of bring the flavors. He's a fantastic saucier, so uh, he made this wonderful uh, enchinito and uh, sour orange sauce. That's, uh, going nice. to go on top of our pork meatballs. And you're lucky because like, I actually talked to some of the bartenders and some of them actually don't have the chefs backing them up. So it's almost like they're doing the, the drink and the food. I'm like, that's a lot. It is a lot. 
That's uh, a lot to do. Just just this competition in general is is a lot of work. We've taken I think a lot of our own sp- personal time, personal money to oh, for sure. to do this or uh, for competition fun, for and fun, for fun. But really for fun, I think. So like speak about time and money. So what exactly are you guys doing for your booth? Ooh, I mean, I think it's... You don't have to give it all away. Yeah. A kind of general concept of what it's going to be For sure. I feel like... uh, So there's uh, two other uh, competitors that uh, I've got for the Canyon Rum as well. Yeah. And I I feel like there's going to be a battle of the tiki booths. I know, because we're going to be there, (laughs) and there's two other tiki booths I know already that are already going to be there. And I'm like, it's just going to be a Polynesian-themed night, apparently, at uh, (laughs) Made With Love. Yeah. It's going to be who who brings out the bigger, better tiki booth, I think. And I I, I am going going in that style. I've got some wood uh, from from here, from uh, out in the Gatineau Parks, that I'll be using as well, instead of bamboo. So kind of give, again, my my personal touch, where I'm the roots where I'm from. Nice. And... um, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going tiki bar themed. Uh, I've, Nicaraguan's the land of uh, lakes and volcanoes, so I'm going with that too. So nice. Yeah. I know. I feel like we're gonna be out tiki'd. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Get 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 some ideas. I mean, sure. Oh my god, it's like I know. And I actually, so just forewarn you, ready. By the way, you might get the same thing as these other two guys are doing tiki bars. You might get people going, "Hey, so are you Tiki Central?" No, 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 we're not. We're they're, they're over there. Okay, just so you know. Yeah. Or we say yes, we are. Uh, yeah. so you, you must be Craig. No, no, uh, no. It's like yeah. it's gonna be fun all around. I can't believe it. it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, for sure. For, oh. But I do know what my favorite cocktail is. Oh, so yeah. So we, we're gonna ask you that. So let's go through well, that. Well, we did. I mean, I did the amaretto sour and the Toronto. Two things I love, but it's a it's a bijou. What yeah. is a bijou? A bijou is a it's a classic cocktail with a uh, gin. Uh, sweet vermouth and green chartreuse. So it's like oh, a Negroni, okay. all equal parts. Too. But I didn't like Campari yeah. at the time. I really was just not a fan of the bitterness. I even don't like hoppy beers. But um, then I came across this uh, chartreuse, threw it in the Negroni, learned yeah. it was a bijou, and I was like, oh, perfect. So it's sweet and spicy and herbal. Uh, well, I don't know if you know the background to chartreuse. It's basically you got a, it's a, it's a 400-year recipe basically made by French monks. Nobody really knows the recipe except for five monks at a time. And they're on, some of them are on a vial of silence right now. Yeah, Two exactly. Of Two of them are on a vial of silence, so they can't say anything. <laughs> and there's something like, I can't think, something like 40 different herbs or spices in this liqueur. Oh, it's times three. It's 120 yeah, different herbs and spices. Like it's insane. It's uh, twice, it's, I think it's almost like uh, twice as much as Jägermeister, which has 88. Yeah, so, and then nobody knows, like I said, there's like five <laughs> people in the entire world that know this recipe, and two of them are vial of silence. There's a yellow chartreuse as well. Yes, I have both, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah um, that seems to be a bit harder to find in, in Ontario. Yes, LCBO is just, you got to really just keep watching their site and just hope to God you get a, a, no, I know, a draw. I know they have less reasons, but these monks were traveling, right? And so when they were traveling from different regions, they'd use different spices, which came to be the, oh, the yellow chartreuse instead of the, instead of the green hey, one. Hey, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah using awesome. different flowers. Again, the recipe is pretty secret. Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're in France. It's, a it's bunch pretty of much my going. medicine. Like it really is. People are having Buckley's when they have a sore throat. Shot of chartreuse does a trick for me. No, but all I can think about is there's a bunch of monks that are like doing a taste testing to make sure they get the right you know combination. Passed out somewhere in France. <laughs> <laughs> well, the monks would be passed out in France, I guess. Right? I guess, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like okay, this is tw- sample number twenty nine. No, no, I'm done. I'm seriously done. Yeah. <laughs> it needs one more thing. One more, more thing. We have 129 already. Exactly. Oh, my God. Drake's going to be at the Made With Love competition. Let's get back to where we're supposed to yes. talk about here. Yeah, yeah. Made With Love competition, and he's going to have an amazing booth like the rest of these guys are. I noticed this year the booths are being elevated, like just themes and uh, construction, and it just seems like everyone's going all out. So it's going to be an amazing event to go to for sure. 
And so we'll be there, Tiki Central. We actually have our own booth there. And like I said, if you want to know more about information about Drake and El Camino, and if he's busy at the time, just go over to Tiki Central Canada. We'll actually have a breakdown, a little kind of cheat sheet for Drake there. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be an amazing event. We can't wait to see you there, Drake. Good luck on the competition. Oh, well, thank you so much, Craig. Mark, it's yeah, been a pleasure. Absolutely. Best of luck. Thank That's you. Great. Right. So I uh, guess we'll see you there. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? 